My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, and creator of Optimize Yourself. Since beginning my career, I have battled attention issues, anxiety, and creative burnout more times than I can keep track of. Back in 2005, after almost losing the battle with suicidal depression, I decided that I no longer wanted to sacrifice myself for the sake of my career. I was done barely surviving. I wanted to thrive. Since then, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative performance. My journey is far from complete, but I have now made it my mission to shorten your learning curve so you can forge your own path to greatness without having to sacrifice balance in the process. Now it's time to start designing the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast, where I provide my written articles in audio form so you have the opportunity to listen instead of read if that is your preference. My hope is that you're going to use this opportunity to get up and step away from your chair for the next 20 minutes and build the habit of moving more throughout your workday. Now, if you've been following along this summer, you know that I am supposed to be on summer hiatus right now, but with the ongoing negotiations that are heating up and possibly leading to a strike in my union, as well as other trade unions in the film industry, I wanted to once again share my two cents. Two weeks ago, I released the article, Dear Hollywood, We Create Entertainment for a Living, We're Not Curing Cancer, and it went viral the very first day that it was out, getting shared over 3,000 times in the first 48 hours. So this article now is a follow-up to that one, and it's titled, Dear Hollywood, We're Not Lucky to Be Here, You Are Lucky to Have Us. And this article can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash lucky. The article reading will begin after a brief break to recognize our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. This episode is made possible by ErgoDriven, the makers of the Topomat, my number one recommendation for anyone interested in moving more at their height adjustable workstation. The Topomat is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increase your focus and productivity. To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O. Two weeks ago, I released the article, Dear Hollywood, We Create Entertainment for a Living, We're Not Curing Cancer. And it was shared over 3,000 times in the first 48 hours. Clearly, the idea of inhaling a deep breath of perspective resonated with thousands of people working not just in Hollywood, but worldwide who are sick and tired of sacrificing their health time with family, and their sanity simply for the sake of creating entertainment. Placing the blame on ourselves and accepting that we have all collectively encouraged a work culture that allows us to be treated like doormats, well, that was an idea that I didn't expect to be embraced with open arms. And to be honest, I was prepared for a lot of trolling. But on the contrary, I received unanimous praise for this viewpoint. Furthermore, I was so proud of how many people were willing to take even a small level of responsibility themselves for helping to dig the hole that we are all stuck in now. But this article only addressed a surface-level problem. Those of us working in the film industry are willing to put up with ridiculous and deadly working conditions the few other industries would deem acceptable. Therefore, the much deeper question becomes, why? Why are we willing to silently work through lunch breaks? Why are we slowly killing ourselves one day at a time? Why do we feel terrified to ask for overtime, even if it's in our contract and we've put in the extra hours? 
Why do we feel embarrassed to take a 15-minute walk in the afternoon to solve creative challenges? Why do we work 100 hours in a single week simply because the overtime is good, despite the fact that it's destroying our health and our relationships? And why are we okay watching our kids grow up via FaceTime? After reading hundreds of messages, Facebook comments, and emails from creatives that are working in the entertainment industry worldwide, I believe now that the root of this problem is the following cultural mindset. We should just suck it up because we are lucky to be here. Oh my God, working in Hollywood is so glamorous. Many of our friends and families who are business professionals, well, they envy us for doing something that's so cool that's seen by millions of people around the world. We are lucky to be here. When somebody asks what you do and you say, oh, well, I worked on the latest Mission Impossible movie, then they reply with, holy crap, that movie was so good, you got to work on that? We are lucky to be here. When your former college roommate and your former classmate at film school, who's now working in pharmaceutical sales, excitedly asks you, hey, have you seen any celebrities? And you reply with, well, yeah, you know, I often have lunch at the table next to, insert giant mega celebrity here. Oh, and the other day, insert mega director's name here, was in my edit suite giving me notes. Then their jaw drops. They can't imagine doing something so fun with so many important people. We are lucky to be here, right? Right? Bullshit. No matter the craft, guild, or area of expertise, if you have a successful career in Hollywood or anywhere else around the world in the entertainment industry, you earned it. Now it's time to start behaving that way. Calculate the true cost of developing your expertise. Now I'll admit that there have been more than a few jobs where I have caught myself asking the question, are they really paying me to do this? Oh my God, this is so cool. I do this for free. Now there's no question, a certain amount of cachet accompanies working in the entertainment industry. If you spent your entire childhood living and breathing comic books, for example, having the opportunity to work on a Marvel project, well, that's a dream come true. Unlike many people who have settled in life and become pharmaceutical reps, insurance salesmen, or maybe corporate accountants, unlike them, we have the pleasure of watching television or making movies all day long. And therein lies the trap. The Hollywood machine preys on creative professionals who will do whatever it takes to deliver top quality work no matter how unreasonable the deadline. And Hollywood gets away with it, knowing that we simply can't imagine doing anything else with their lives. We won't settle and we work our asses off to get where we are. And most importantly, we know that they're going to replace us in a second if we speak up. So we don't speak up. And our quality of life, not to mention our self-respect, then gets flushed down the toilet. Before opening Pandora's box and accepting the punishment, abuse, and often downright bullying that is quote unquote, just part of the business, take a moment to calculate the true cost of the expertise that you bring to your profession. How much did your college education cost you? Most likely you started your career on day one with six figures in debt, sleeping on someone's couch and subsisting off ramen noodles. How many years of spec work low-paying jobs, bartending gigs on the side, and months of unemployment did you endure so you can now, quote-unquote, live the dream? Now, if you don't believe that taking low-paying or free work is part of the path to success, just go ahead and ask editor Alan Bell how likely that is to happen, for example. And if you want to listen to that interview, just go ahead and visit optimizeyourself.me episode 17. 
How much time did you put in perfecting your craft as an assistant before getting that long overdue promotion? In general, it takes people at least a decade to become an overnight success story. Just to ask Eddie Hamilton, the editor of Mission Impossible Fallout, whose interview is at optimizeyourself.me slash 61, or Kelly Dixon, the editor of Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Her interview can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash episode 39. Just ask both of them how many years it took for them to get lucky. The next time that you feel like conceding to the demands of your profession and accepting them as reality because you knew what you signed up for, think long and hard about what you have had to endure to secure your spot. If you value the years of effort, financial hardships, and sacrifices that you have made to develop the level of expertise that you bring to your job, shouldn't others value it equally? Most importantly, realize that if you make the choice to devalue yourself, your skills, and your expertise, you are making the choice to devalue all of us. Once you realize how much you're worth, you're gonna stop giving people discounts. Calculate the true value of your expertise to others. Now, despite what the entertainment industry wants you to believe, you are not just another set of hands. You are not a keyboard monkey. You are not an extension of your workstation. While this analogy may vary from craft to craft, Bear with me as I compare the craft of editing, which is my specific skill set, to building a multi-million dollar home. Building a million dollar home 101. Step one, an architect designs the blueprints. Nobody would argue that an architect has tremendous value given their education and their expertise. And the analogous position in filmmaking to the architect is most likely the writer, a highly valued and sought after position in the entertainment industry, and rightly so. Step two, a foreman assembles a crew of skilled craftsmen to build the home. You can make the case that either the main producer or the director is the foreman who assembles the crew and directs them all towards the common goal of building a gorgeous home exactly to the specifications laid out in the blueprints. And the client is, of course, the movie studio or the television network. Step three. The carpenters and laborers take random piles of materials, lumber, copper pipes, shingles, plywood, electrical wire, etc., and they frame what will become the home. Now, the carpenters and laborers in this case are the editors, visual effects artists, animators, cinematographers, gaffers, makeup artists, production designers, script supervisors, and literally the set carpenters. We are all the hands that build the house. We all have one common goal. Step four, the shit hits the fan. Inevitably, while building any complex structure, whether it's a house, a TV series, or a film, things are going to go wrong. Plans will change. Tastes of the designers and the clients will go against the original blueprints, or the house might just fall apart altogether. You know, originally I wanted the kitchen here, but hey, let's put it on the other side of the house instead. Can we do that? You know, this upstairs bathroom would really go better in the entryway instead, wouldn't it? Oh, you know what? This piano that I asked you to put on the third floor, do you mind if we put it back on the first floor now? Oh my God, the foundation is collapsing. Somebody do something. Step five, the architect and the foreman redesign the plans to overcome design challenges and or meet the updated needs of the client. And sadly, this is where the house building analogy takes a very wrong turn. When design changes are required on a home, the responsibility falls on the architect or more likely the foreman, both of whom are being paid handsomely for their roles on the project. 
But when the shit hits the fan in the entertainment industry, it rolls downhill. And guess who's laying at the bottom to receive all the shit that's rolling there? Welcome to post-production. As editors, visual effects artists, and the many other crafts in post, it is our job to make complex design changes and overcome many of the creative challenges that come up during the filmmaking process. We are expected to solve problems with the level of expertise that an architect or a foreman have, yet we are treated and often paid like laborers, like a set of hands simply there to button mash our keyboards at the behest of the true creatives. That is, of course, until the moment when we put Humpty Dumpty back together again, on deadline, I might add, and we are regaled with such praise as, you saved the picture, or you are a magician. Okay, are you starting to feel like your position has value now? Well, it's about time. Now do something about it. This isn't a union issue. It's a human one. I honestly don't care whether you do union or non-union work. These cultural issues affect all of us in the entertainment industry. And here's the really bad news. A new contract isn't going to change any of this without you. Should those of us working in post-production be afforded the same amount of turnaround hours as other guilds in Hollywood? Of course. Yes, we should negotiate new turnaround times equal to other guilds and demand a minimum amount of standard hours per day, but it's not going to solve all of our problems. Why? Because none of these issues matter if we don't enforce them on an individual level. I can count the number of editors in all of unionized Hollywood on one hand who enforce meal penalties on a regular basis. Most editors aren't even aware that it's a union no-no to skip lunch and eat at your desk. You can't wait around thinking that your union rep is going to make sure that everyone else enforces your meal breaks and pays you OT. The responsibility is yours. The next time that you find yourself thinking, oh, it's no big deal, I love this job, just remember this. We are not lucky to be working in Hollywood. Hollywood is lucky to have us. I hope you enjoyed the reading of my article, Dear Hollywood, We're Not Lucky to Be Here, You're Lucky to Have Us, which can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash lucky. I hope that you are inspired to take at least one step towards reaching your greatest creative potential and that listening to this article gave you the opportunity to step away from your desk and incorporate just a little bit of movement into your day. Thank you for listening. Be well. This episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast was made possible by Ergo Driven, the makers of the Topo Mat and Topo Mini, my number one recommendations for anyone interested in moving more at their height adjustable workstation. Listen, standing desks are only great if you're standing well. Otherwise, you're constantly fighting fatigue and chronic pain. Not like any other anti-fatigue mat, the Topo is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout the day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increase your focus and productivity. My friends at ErgoDriven did extensive testing and compared their product to the top-of-the-line floor mats, and they found the Topo drove almost two and a half more moves per minute with 270% more foot motion. Now, what this simply means is that the Topo users move more. I'm standing on one as I read this, and I don't go to a single job without it. And if you're smaller and you're concerned the Topo mat is too big, or you simply don't have the floor space, there's a Topo Mini for that. To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Topo. That's T-O-P-O.